Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets. Each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. Here with um, Miss Emma Bell, who is an ambassador for Bipolar UK, and we're talking mental health. I'm excited to have Emma with us. I've met Emma through social media and she's become just someone that I deeply respect and love. She's full of wisdom and a lot of life experience for how young she is. So, um, Emma was born in the UK and has lived in Switzerland and now in Dubai with her partner and her gorgeous cats. Uh, she's been going through fertility treatments, uh, to try to have a family. And she openly shares on social media that they are, they're on round. You're going into round eight. We're going into round eight, which is a lot and just so much. Um, Emma is also a survivor of domestic violence and sexual trauma and was diagnosed with bipolar at eight or sorry, 10 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. She's been on a healing journey over the last 10 years that enables her to share her story and help empower others. She now gets to mentor others and support them as they stand in their truth and take their power back. She is a podcast host and I will put her podcasts in the show Mm -hmm. notes. Um, she's got two, so vulnerability rocks and then her bipolar being an ambassador for the UK. Um, she started her podcast and social media to hold space and start conversations that matter on topics that are normally, uh, thought, uh, not to be talked about discuss, uh, Mm -hmm. openly. Um, so she has brave guests who come on and talk about all sorts of things. So you can see why I love Emma, uh, because she's not afraid to talk about the hard stuff. So mm. Emma, thank you for being here. Thank and you for having me. Yes. And you get to hear her beautiful accent mixed with my <laughs> Utah accent. Oh, which I love. There's a mutual, there is a mutual fangirling going on here, by the way, everyone. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. So Emma, tell us a little about your journey through mental health. You said mm-hmm. you were diagnosed 10 years ago. Yeah. What does that look like? Well, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Yeah. Just over 10 years ago now. Um, but the truth was I was misdiagnosed for a very long time. So I was diagnosed with depression when I was a teenager. Um, and then they put me on some medication and it sent me crazy. Right. And I ended up star shaped out on a road flat on the road in front of a bus and it scared me so much. I just stopped taking it. I then spent the next 10 or so years in in chaos really. And bipolar was very much in play along with some unresolved trauma also. Um, But it all sort of manifested in me getting higher and higher and higher and higher until I became suicidal again and um I went to the doctors they put me on an antidepressant and again I went completely manic I thought that people were coming to spy on me there were people outside my flat I thought they were being sent to spy on me I didn't come out of my flat for two weeks I didn't wash I didn't I was up all night sorting through papers convinced they were actual spies so I was in full-blown mania and were you was, alone at this time? No, you... I was 
I was in a relationship at the time, um, which was fairly dysfunctional. And um, the end result was, was somebody who has bipolar can't just be put on an antidepressant because it's a bit like, I don't know if you have it in the States, like an uncapped mortgage, where the mortgage percentage rate doesn't it can fluctuate and it can go sky high um so putting someone who has bipolar on an antidepressant there's no regulator at the top or the bottom of your mood so a bit like with depression you can go lower and lower and lower and lower and then the antidepressant will kind of lift you up because you've lost that regulation at the bottom you're not able to bring yourself back up with bipolar if you put someone on a straight antidepressant and diagnose them with depression They go up and up and up and up and up until you reach full-blown mania. It can make you very unwell. And that's what happened to me. I just didn't know what was happening to me. Um, And then it just, it got completely out of hand. I ended up running out in front of cars. I took myself to the beach to try and drown myself. My friend came around and said, this isn't, not just depression because I completely understand how debilitating depression can be and being suicidal is it's awful. She said, it's more than depression alone. And I got assessed and I got re-diagnosed with bipolar and got put on a mood stabilizer, which regulates the bottom part of your mood and the top. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. let you go too high and it doesn't let you go too low. So it kind of brings things into balance, which is one of the big differences between someone that suffers with depression and someone that suffers with a mood disorder where you're not regulated top and bottom. Um, So I got put on antipsychotics for three years, which were mind numbing, life numbing, didn't feel anything. Someone told me that someone quite close to me had died and I didn't feel a thing, which was shocking to me because I was thinking normally I would care about this. Um, And it saved my life being on those antipsychotics saved my life. So um, once I then got into therapy and started learning some tools, I was then able to have more tools and come off the stronger medication and go on to not so strong medication because I had more coping ability. And I was then able to kind of like balance that out. But it's been a rough road, you know, and um, I'm 10 years in and I've had to learn a lot of self-regulation and a lot of things that I just didn't know how to do. I didn't know what was happening to me, truthfully. Yeah. Well, and what a blessing to have a friend who could recognize that it was something more Yeah. Um, that maybe a doctor couldn't see because they're not with you every day and maybe True. not asking those specific questions that need to be asked. So what if someone is listening? I'm sure you have plenty of followers who are listening mm-hmm. and who may find themselves in that same situation where Um, they're recognizing some of their own, maybe similar behaviors of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you go to a specific kind of doctor in order to be diagnosed Mm -hmm. with bipolar? Yeah. And, and that's a really important point. The, The thing to understand a lot of people can go misdiagnosed because they may only present to a doctor when they're low. So of course the doctor's only seeing them depressed So that can lead to the wrong medication and the wrong medication can lead to mania. So once you establish that you're dealing with more than depression alone, a psychiatrist is the only person that can diagnose you with a mood disorder. Um, 
you have to go through that process and you have to be assessed. So for me, they track your mood, they track what medication you're taking and through patterns, they will diagnose you with something like bipolar disorder. The problem with bipolar disorder is when you're hypermanic, which is the stage before full-blown mania, you appear very productive, don't need a lot of sleep, um, quite funny, quite entertaining. All of the things that society deems as successful traits Mm. can go missed when you're hypermanic because you're doing a great job (laughs) yeah you're acing it you don't need lots of sleep you know it's all of this all of the old style self-development stuff that teaches us that we need Mm -hmm. to do more 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 push 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 um work all the hours you know if you do all this now for the next 10 years then the rest of your life sorted so all of that self-development stuff that that I definitely went headlong into in my 20s and that I now realize isn't actually always healthy um is everything that hypermania in bipolar can manifest and present itself as so it can go misdiagnosed for years I think it takes an average of nine years for someone to get the correct diagnosis oh wow that's heartbreaking yeah Yeah. so did you in that time when, okay, now you're medicated and you feel like you've maybe found answers. Did you feel those mixed feelings of what's wrong with me? This isn't helping, or I'm out of control or what were some of the feelings going on when you were misdiagnosed? So when I was misdiagnosed, it was just fear. So when I was diagnosed with depression, they put me on antidepressant and it sent me high because it can stop you sleeping. And then the stopping sleeping sends you into mania and it's, it just becomes a vicious circle. I just felt scared because I didn't know what was happening to me. I got, I've got a doctor telling me that this medication is going to help me to feel better. And before I know it, I'm star shaped in front of a bus. Yeah. Completely out of the blue and very, um, a quick shift. Right. So it's scary because you think what is happening to me is you feel very out of control. When I got the right diagnosis, I felt relieved I thought, wow, at least now someone might be able to help me because we know what we're dealing with. And my friends around me, all of them just went, oh, yes, that makes sense. Because I had, they just thought, this is Emma. This is just how she is. Yeah, You know, she's either bouncing off the walls or she's really low and there's sort of no in between. Um, So they just thought, this is Emma. And when you've been around someone that long, you just think that's, this is who they are. Yeah. Especially (laughs) someone like myself, I'm not very knowledgeable in mood disorders and what that can look like. Mm. Um, myself, I was just diagnosed this year after our divorce, um, Mm. cycle began with depression and anxiety, something I'd never felt in my entire life. And so to start to get educated myself on what I'm feeling and what's not normal. And, you know, I brushed it off myself. Like I remember telling a friend, ah, I have no motivation to do, to do my workouts anymore. I have no motivation to go be with friends, all these things I'm describing depression and she, (laughs) but I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. I'm happy. I like my life. And so I'm like, here's all the symptoms, but I'm not that like, don't let me be that. And she was so sweet and gentle, like your friend of just, I think 
maybe you should see a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, I think mm-hmm. it is depression and it can mm-hmm. look so different on everyone. So thank goodness we have friends who can help us and be gentle with that. Yeah. And there's a couple of things uh, in, in what you've said there. So, um, there's when you have a mental health condition that is going to be diagnosed, we're still human and we still have life, Mm -hmm. right? And big stuff still happens. So I have bipolar and I lost my baby at the end of last year. Anybody that lost their baby would be sad, would be heartbroken, wouldn't want to go out and socialize that much when you've just had to go through something like that. So it becomes very difficult actually to differentiate what is my Mm. mental health condition and what is a normal response to something that's absolutely heartbreaking. And it's when the symptoms become persistent and prolonged and don't shift and don't ebb and flow as much as they should that you can start to say, okay, maybe this isn't as, you know, just a suitable reaction to something that's so sad and heartbreaking and this is anybody would feel like this so it's very difficult especially with a condition like bipolar where you've got both ends Mm -hmm. because if I'm having a too good a time people can say can get worried I'm starting to get sick okay you know if I'm too busy or they can start to say are you okay or you know and that can be hard when I am okay um And equally on the lower side of stuff, it's hard too. So when I was grieving, I had to work out what was grief, what Mm. was, what was hormones, because I was, I'd just been, you know, I was in my second trimester, what was hormones and my body getting back to hormonally normal level postpartum? What is that? What does that look like? Never done it before. So what does it look like? What's my mental health and what's grief? Mm. So it's really messy and really hard and really complex. And I can understand why when a big life event happens, it's very difficult to work out what's going where. Oh, yeah. And for me, it's like, oh, I just need some help. Like my brain's not working right now. And yeah, there's a lot of grief to work through. So it's saved my life. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I got to that, that place of suicide felt like the right answer. So yeah, it's, it's a crazy thing. So Um, Emma, can you kind of help those of us who aren't educated? What does it look like when the, the low of bipolar and then the high, the mania, what are some of the, like, what does it look like on you? I'm sure it's kind Mm -hmm. of different for everyone. I mean, I suppose the low would be more recognizable to most if they have gone through periods of having depression because it's more relatable. Um, so lack of motivation, not wanting to work out, lack of interest in, um, eating healthily, not really wanting to socialize, having feelings of anxiety, sleeping a lot, or sometimes sleeping not enough, but just not really being efficient in your thinking, um, and feeling pretty down about yourself, telling yourself lots of awful things about yourself and starting to, when it starts to get very serious, starting to arrive at a point where you just can't see how you're going to carry on living your life like this every single day. Mm. So for me, depression and becoming suicidal is, which is at the extreme of being low, you know, I have low periods. It doesn't mean I'm suicidal every time, but when it does get to that point, it's a case of, I think it's a 
case of not being able to see how any other day is going to feel different than it does today. And if every day is going to feel as bad as it does today, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Is the only way I can describe it, which isn't a short answer, I know. But no, it's but that. it makes sense. Like and the unending, this is how it's going to be forever. And, you know, despite yeah. your best efforts, it's not changing. And if this is how it's going to be every single day, I'm not sure I can do this every single day forever. Yeah. How do you have hope in that? For sure. Yeah. It's impossible. It's like the light gets switched off, right? That little okay. hope light just goes, gets extinguished. And you think, I can't see a way out of this. Okay. And then you go to the extreme. Which opposite. Yeah. So um, generally the low will come after a high. So the higher okay. you go, the further you fall, mm. um, which is why it's really important to notice when you are showing signs of being hypermanic and getting too busy so Mm. for me um I you know not having anything that's a stimulant in my diet is incredibly important because caffeine energy drinks things like that pre-workouts are a no-go for someone like me Mm. because it can make you higher and higher Gareth always says to me I'd hate to see you on coffee you know (laughs) I've never had a cup of coffee in my life oh really imagine what you'd be like on coffee Uh, yeah probably not great (laughs) okay um and sleep super important because if you don't get enough sleep for a few nights in a row that can trigger you to keep going higher and higher and higher and it's when you go how high how you're gonna go and it starts off all fun right starts off fun super sociable um funny you know bags of personality really busy lots of ideas and then it tips over into agitation um having like fallouts and disagreements with those around you I used to be able to argue with a paper bag (laughs) without being provoked when I was in that state you know very difficult to be around being around me like that is very hard for people. You can't understand why people are so slow either. Mm. Like you're just like, why are you so slow? I don't get it. Okay. I don't, you know, it just doesn't, you just, you're operating manically. Um, and the higher you go, the further you fall. Okay. So mm. with you now and you've found medication mm. that works, you're 10 years in. Yes. Yep. Yep. And so do you feel like you are able to stay more in that middle ground and regulated? Absolutely. Um, So the mood scale that I filled out, there was a minus five to a plus five and zero being in the middle. Um, I used to spend my life between a plus three, plus four and a minus three, minus four. I now spend my life between a minus two to a plus two. Okay. And often I will hit zero. I thought it was a joke when my psychiatrist gave me the description. Zero is I'm neither high nor low. Outlook on life is good. Mm. Now, when he gave me that, I thought it was some sort of trick in how they were assessing me. So I thought nobody feels like this. So this is obviously a trick and it's part of the assessment. They're trying to outsmart me. That's what I thought. Because I'd never felt like that in my life. Oh, wow. And uh, once I got put on the mood stabilizer, I went back in and I plotted a zero. And I hopped in. I said, here, guess what? I said, I've put a zero. Me, Emma, a zero. He said, yes. And I said, but I thought it was a trick. He went, 
No, lots of people feel like that. I was like, really? (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful, though, to see this is what I can feel like when I have the help and the right diagnosis. Yes. The right medication, the tools, all of it, because it isn't just medication that's helping Mm -hmm. you to be where you're at. Uh, I know you've done a lot of your own work. And Mm -hmm. like you said, those unresolved traumas that you've been able to work through um, that I'm sure help as well. And it, and that's another really important point about mental health diagnoses. I think a lot of people can think that they will go and be given medication and these it's all like magic, right? Mm. Now they do help when you have a lifelong mental health condition, it's important to understand what's part of my mental health condition and what's part of my conditioning. Yes. And very different things. So I've got bipolar. I could sit next to someone else who's got bipolar but our conditioning is completely different. And the things that trigger that person's conditioned behavior will be different to what triggers mine. But if I don't keep my conditioned behavior in check, mindful, looked after, then that will trigger my mental health condition and make me very unwell. And that's a lot of what I do with the people that I mentor with bipolar and mental health conditions is you have to get to work on your stuff because it's your stuff that will trigger your mental health condition to be very unwell. So if you don't know this, you can't look after this properly. Mm. Well so, said. you know, and that, and it's really true. Um, and otherwise that's how people end up in these loops just on medicine, medicine, medicine all the time. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I really value the doctor that I went to this earlier this year to get on medication. The first question was, do you have a therapist? that you're Mm -hmm. meeting with regularly. And I was like, thank you for asking. I love that. It isn't just get you on medication. It's, Mm -hmm. are you actually working through this grief? Are you working through the trauma? And, um, even when I've gone through my follow-ups, you know, every few months, are you still in therapy? Are you still doing the things they're making sure that me going up and feeling better? Isn't just me relying on medication. It's I'm exercising. I eat healthy. I, Mm -hmm. you know, take care of myself. I have support systems, all of these things. So Mm -hmm. as, as crappy as it is, nobody wants to to do all Mm -hmm. the things. It is these little things that just really add up to our overall better Mm -hmm. health in general. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Miss Emma, during this 10 year period where you've kind of now I would, you're an advocate, but you're also an expert, I would say in, in this world, do you have times where I don't want to take my medication? I don't want to do the therapy and Mm. what keeps you going? If so, for me, it's come in layers of acceptance. Um, I think to begin with, I thought that I would go in, take medication, do counseling for a few months and be fixed and move on and leave that Emma behind and go back to normal. Mm. And that's really what I thought. And then guess what? It rears its head again because something gets triggered. My mental health condition gets triggered. I get unwell again. And it's been a humbling experience in as much as I've had to accept this is something I have to live with forever And I have to respect it and I have to befriend the fact that I live with bipolar. And that's what I call it. I I call it befriending bipolar. So I used to think I could beat it. 
I used to think that if I tried hard enough, I'd beat it, I'd win, I'd smash it, I'd be better than it, and it wouldn't get me, wouldn't beat me. This isn't going to beat me. And don't get me wrong, you kind of need that at the beginning, especially when you're in chaos and you don't have the tools, because it's that that might be the one thing that keeps you alive. So I'm definitely not knocking it. It's sort of a necessary part of the process, actually. Um, because it's the one thing that can keep you alive when you're really unwell. Um, but then after a while, you realize you can only fight for so long. Mm. And you have to go, okay, you're here with me at my side. Okay, cool. So how do I look after you? How do mm. I take the very best care of me and you? And how do we make friends? Because, mm. you know, you're not going anywhere. I'm not going to beat you. You're obviously here to stay. So what do you need to stay well so that I can stay well? Mm. And that has taken me a very long time, truthfully. Yeah. And what a beautiful way of, of describing it, honestly, of it's there. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can make peace with it rather than fighting it and it fighting you. Mm-hmm. it's that neutral neutrality so being respectful uh, of it like respecting the diagnosis if you have a, a diagnosis of a mental health lifelong mental health condition respecting mm-hmm. that diagnosis and starting to work with it and respecting what it does and doesn't like and what's going to be how can I take the very best care of me whilst mm-hmm. I live with this yeah a bit like you you know with your you've had your spine done right Yes. You can't just fight that away. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to turn myself on a backflip and a coil and that's going to work for me. Right. No, yes, it's not. And it's the same. It's the same, right? You have to respect it and go, okay, let's adapt around this. Let's make it work. Yes, for respectfully. sure. And yeah, you're right. It has been acceptance in that of, okay, I'm not going to do these things because I want to take care of my body for a longer period of time than to be in a wheelchair. So yes, yes. we will respect it. Yes. Um, okay. So I listened to one of your episodes that you did with your partner, Gareth, and uh-huh. I loved it one, because I loved hearing you both together, but you, it was, how can your, your loved ones show up for you? Uh-huh. What are the things that are helpful? What are the things that aren't helpful? And I know it's going to be a little different for everyone, but mm-hmm. I think there's going to be listeners who have a family member or a friend who is affected by this in some way. So what are some of the tips that you would give to the listeners? Here's the thing. Um, a, a, a mental health condition, especially one that's lifelong, um, there's nothing you can do to fix it. It's something that can't be fixed in the same way. It's something I couldn't fight and beat. Mm. So um, trying to fix it or fix someone, it's just never going to work is the truth. Um, So Gareth says that he, he asks questions. He asks what I need. We also have um, a thing called Moodscope set up, which is like a, not an app, but it's free online, moodscope.com. And the person that is sort of suffering with their mental health and their mood, you can plot your mood every day. And every day it will send an email to your buddies that you have set up on it. So it stops that questioning all the time, Mm. right? So 
that's what I was saying earlier. When I'm a bit busy, people can, I can feel a bit sort of suffocated if people are constantly asking me when I'm thinking, oh, I'm actually okay, you know? Um, so this goes to them and they know that X percent means I'm on the verge of being not okay. Whereas this percent, I'm actually okay. So it stops that intrusion, I suppose, and allows the person that's living with the mental illness to have a bit more autonomy of themselves without feeling quite so, I don't know, monitored. Yeah. Um, and allows me to take autonomy for actually putting that in and respecting that they do care about me and they want to check in. So it's a really cool way of checking in without actually having to check in yeah. and giving people space. So I would recommend that if anyone's worried and you feel like, oh, shall I text them and ask them or is it going to is it going to bother them? Or I would really recommend moosecope.com because it kind of takes all of that out of it, makes it super easy for everyone um, and everyone. If it's slightly off then they you know if you see that that score's really low you can pick up the phone and say oh I see you're 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 a bit low today would you like to go for a walk you know can I make you some food the best things that I've heard people say myself included when you're low bring food don't always expect to stay and eat it together but bring food invite someone to go for a walk um and maybe if they want to just sit in and have a duvet day, that's cool too. Um, I think it's about not having super high expectations of people when they're in that space. And I saw a little graphic and it was someone asking someone who was depressed loads of questions. And you could see the person who was depressed just feeling more and more sort of suffocated. And in the end, the person just sat down and said, can I just sit with you? And they said, yes. And they just sat with them. And that was actually what they needed which is I just went on a walk and talk is what I call it with a friend. And that's one of my favorite things is just Mm -hmm. be there. I can just listen or I can talk. If you need me to talk and you just want to listen, I can do that Mm -hmm. too. So I love that. It's a really simple approach. And I do have a friend right now that I'm going to look up that moodscopes.com. Moodscope.com. Yeah because I have checked in on her and it is a little bit for me as the friend, I'm nervous. I don't want her to feel like I'm mothering her or, Mm -hmm. but I want her to know that I love her and that I'm thinking of her. So Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And the other good thing about moodscope.com is that if you are yourself worried that you are maybe suffering from low mood it's a good way of tracking your own self because it's hard to keep perspective right when you slip into depression or any other type of mood in this arena um and you can it plots it all on a graph and you can actually have that graph month by month and you can take that to a medical professional for help so they can say well how's it been you can say well here it is you know so it's super useful for so many reasons um and completely free so I'd highly recommend it yeah thank you for that I love that Mm -hmm. okay Miss Emma before I ask you my final question is there anything that you would like to add um that we've maybe left out no just thank you for having me and letting me talk about um this I understand you know mental health is is a big topic and I understand that bipolar is sort of fairly niche within that um but yeah just I'm just grateful for the space to be able to talk about it really and hopefully reach somebody that it might help yeah thank you I'm so glad that you're here and I love that you're an advocate for so many um and for yourself so okay my final question that I ask everyone is what is your most recent be the buffalo moment 
Oh, well, this is actually nothing to do with mental health and um, bipolar. It's actually to do with um, baby loss. So I mentor support groups and women who have lost their babies for um, termination for medical reasons because their babies got diagnosed in utero with something that made um, carrying on impossible for them. And um, I'm also battling infertility. And my biggest be the buffalo moment was starting a support group for women who are pregnant after TFMR. Mm. So for me, that was massive. It's sad. It's hard. It's healing. It's beautiful. It's all of the things and took a lot of courage really for me to do that because I'm putting myself in an arena that is incredibly activating and I know it will challenge me to see different points of view different ways of thinking it will challenge my thinking and also help me practice staying in my own lane which is a huge lesson that I've had to learn over the last few years and one that I want to continue to do so that has been a big moment for me. Uh, thank you for sharing that. A little immersion therapy, it sounds like, of <laughs> facing the storm and saying, I know it hurts, but I'm I'm okay. And yeah. and working your way through it. I love also that it's giving you different perspectives as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can all benefit from opening our eyes even more every single mm-hmm. day to mm-hmm. see people. So thank yeah. you so much, Emma. I love you and I appreciate all of you and what you can give to the world. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo. Buffalo.